Hold on to your hats, everybody. We're about to play the game of rejection. Welcome to Not Safe for Words. I'm your host, Crystal L. Kirkham, multi-genre author, editor, and cover designer. I'm here to give you insight into the world of publishing and to help you avoid the mistakes that others have made. So stick around. You're in for one hell of a ride where I don't curb the curses. As much as many dread and put off the querying process, I've done the exact same thing with recording this particular episode. Because querying a novel isn't an easy task. It definitely takes a good bit of courage to hit that submit button. And it's not hitting submit or send that is the hardest part because that's actually really easy. The hard part is getting the query letter written, doing your research, and making sure you don't fuck it up. As you well know, that's what this podcast is all about. So where are the big mistakes that people make when they're starting to query their manuscript for the first, fifth, tenth, one hundredth time? Well, let's be honest, hopefully by time number 100, you sort of have a clue about what you're doing. Unfortunately, if you don't have a clue until query number 100, that's 100 wasted queries that you went and screwed up that could have been better. So the biggest thing to remember when you're querying, and this is part of what makes it so scary, is there are no second chances. You send it out, they say no, unless they ask for you to revise and resubmit it, that's it. You're done. That agent, that publisher, they don't want to see it again. Doesn't matter how many changes you make. And I think that's where a lot of the fear of querying comes in is, what if I screw it up? What if I ruin that chance that I could have had with this really awesome agent or my dream publisher. Unfortunately, you're going to have to take that chance, if, especially if you want to go anything towards traditional publishing. So make the most of it and do your research. Do everything right. And when I talk about doing everything right, number one thing is everything we've talked about up to this point Make sure the manuscript's ready. Polish the fucking synopsis to a brilliant diamond shine. Put the best foot forward. To be honest, that's really all you can fucking do. Is your best at any given time. Like with many things, we just have to be okay that maybe it's not going to be good enough yet. This is one of the reasons that when you're querying, especially for the first time, don't start with your absolute top number one agent, the one that you would just die if they said yes. Start a little bit below that. Get your feet wet. Just because somebody accepts it doesn't mean you have to say yes on your end either. And that's something that a lot of people forget when they're out querying agents and publishers is just because they say yes doesn't mean you also have to say yes. Especially if you think you have a better offer on the table or coming around the bend. I've pulled stories from anthologies before when there's been a chance. I signed a contract, 
the publisher uh, decided not to go forward with that particular uh, project, but another publisher offered to pick it up. At that point, I decided, you know what? The story might have more merit and be something better somewhere else. So I pulled it. It happens. Whether or not it's a mistake, you can't sit there and obsess about it like I did. And we're not going to get into that. That's a whole nother topic. So when it comes to querying, don't start at the top. Figure out your top 10 for sure. Know who those are. But also have your sort of, these ones would be pretty darn awesome. And I should give them a shot list of agents and publishers. Start with those ones. And if they say yes, great. If they say no, you're not going to be absolutely heartbroken. I reached out to authors and I reached out to agents and I asked them what they wished that authors knew when they were querying, especially for the first time. And I'm going to give you one of the biggest pieces of advice that came back, which is an agent, for example, will see anywhere from 10 to maybe 100 submissions a day. When it comes to those submissions, when you think you have to read through all of these, you really are only going to want to dive into the ones that just hit you right, the ones that stand out. And the best way to stand out is to write a really strong high concept pitch. Now, a lot of people don't know what a high concept is. It has nothing to do with genre. It has nothing to do with category. What it is, is just basically funneling your entire story into one really clear, really concise, and very fucking catchy pitch. Which, if you listen to the episode about pitching it on Twitter, very similar pieces of advice. You want to keep it very much something that makes you go, oh, along with a good hook. And you want it to stand out from the crowd. Now that pitch, that elevator pitch is actually something that's going to go into your query letter. Now we're not going to go deep into the letters because there is a million of pages and podcasts and that you can turn to on how to do these things. But like your synopsis, you're going to write it a few different times. You want to make sure that you get it right. And a part of getting things right is something that I find a lot of authors forget to do. And that is, very simply, read the fucking guidelines. As someone who's worked for a publisher and is a publisher, there is nothing more frustrating than someone who doesn't even take the time to follow the very few simple requests we have and that we ask for when somebody submits. Now, beyond that, if you're reading the guidelines, if you're polishing up all your information as best you can, the other big thing you're going to want to do is do your research. Know who you're submitting to, whether it's an agent or a publisher. Do research into the other works that they represent and see how you can tailor your query letter to really suit them. Like if you have a novel that you've written and it is very similar to something that they have and that they represent, you can mention that as a part of your comparison titles if they're asking for comparison titles. However, 
We're going to talk about that topic and we won't get into that. If you don't know what a comparison title is, um, in about two episodes from now, we're going to talk about those things. So the other thing is when you're doing the research, there's a few things to check out. Check out literary agencies and agents on Twitter, Facebook, read their um, websites. Another thing you can check out is the manuscript wish list or query tracker. Things like that can really help you find the best home for your story. And that's part of making sure you do your research is, of course, that's what tells you what is going to be the best home for what you're offering. Now, when it comes to little less specific advice, I want you to keep in mind a couple of things when it comes to how you're presenting your work. Be confident. I've said it other places, but if you're not confident in the work that you're offering, why should they be confident in what you're offering? You need to sell your story. You need to sell you. And part of that is just believing in what you're selling. And even if you think it makes you sound like a sleazy used car salesman, believe that much in your product that you're willing to push it like that. All right, so we've talked a little bit about what to do. We've even touched a little bit on what to expect. But as I stated at the beginning of this podcast, this is the game of rejections. Because one of the things you're going to get a lot of, no matter how good and how polished and how awesome your story, your synopsis, and your query might be, rejection. It happens to all of us. And it happens to all of us a lot, especially when we're talking about agents or publishers who are getting so many queries and submissions all the time. And even if you do everything right, that doesn't necessarily mean that the person on the other end thinks they're the right person to represent or publish the story that you've offered to them. They may absolutely fucking love it, but they also might not think they're going to be the best advocate for your work because that does happen. Now, when I'm talking about rejection, one of the other things you have to expect when you're doing this is you might not ever hear back from somebody. And that is a type of rejection and it sucks. Most authors and publishers out there know what it's like to get that rejection. They know how much it sucks. For a lot of the ones that just do not respond, um, sometimes they'll say, hey, if you don't hear back from me by this time frame, just assume it's a no. Which, you know, kind of hurts as well. Because I really wish everybody had enough respect for me and my work that they would at least send a little itty bitty five second form email that simply said, thank you for submitting your work. I don't believe I'm the right person, place, whatever for this. I wish you luck in querying this to other agents and publishers. Sincerely, so-and-so. It's not that fucking hard. Um, I actually have a personal policy that I don't submit to people who generally never respond, not even with a form letter. The other thing you should have to expect, because I hear this a lot and I've seen it so much more lately than I used to, 
is somebody who actually ends up hearing a year later from an agent going, hey, I would love to read the full manuscript. And by that time, they've already found a place for it, or in some cases, have already published the story. So that'll happen too. It's okay to get rejected. Some authors are going to get hundreds of rejections before they find the right place. Part of it, of course, is going to be doing the research that I talked about. But let's say you get 100 rejections on the same manuscript. If you do get feedback, uh, don't respond. We've talked about this. Don't fucking do it. But always take it as this is one person's opinion. Now, if a lot of people are saying the exact same thing, you might want to start looking at fixing stuff. And this just all goes right back to those early readers as well. If everybody or a good portion of everybody is saying the exact same thing, take a step back, maybe fix it. And there's one last talking point I want to have, and we are actually going to cover this in our next episode, which is all about genre. And do your research when it comes to genre and category and what agents or publishers are expecting right down to the length of a novel. That is a huge thing to keep in mind because it's one of the complaints I see from agents and publishers a lot is that they're getting a 50,000 word um, adult romance that really should be a little bit longer than that or a 100,000 word middle grade novel. So do make sure you know if you're writing for a genre or writing for a certain category that you try and have your novels somewhat near the uh, expectations of that particular genre category. Now it's a good thing I'm talking about this more in the next episode because we've really run a little bit on the long side. In the meantime, happy querying. This has been another episode of Not Safe for Words. I hope you've found some useful advice here today. If so, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can join me next time for more publishing and writing insights. Thanks for listening.